Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. We are back with a very popular guest. My popular guest is Dan John. He needs no introduction. He's a legend in our industry. He's written 15 books. He's got one on the way. He's been a mentor to Journey, Journey Franchise. All of our coaches, when they go to conference, they know that they need to go sit in Dan John's lecture and Dan John's hands-on if they want to get better. Uh, Dan John has Dan John University. Uh, he has a program design software. If you are a fitness trainer, uh, fitness enthusiast, you need to know about it. So, Dan, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. And it feels like I just saw you the other day. Yeah. <laughs> we just got back from Chicago at the Perform Better. It was nice to see you. Yeah, yeah. Great seeing you too. I mean, it's uh, it's always great to be in the room when you're presenting. I, I learned so much about um, just fitness in general uh, through the programming and the studies that you've done and the things you share. Uh, but as well, I learn about presenting. You do an awesome job, so thank you. Yeah, in fact, uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, what can I do to get better? And it's strange, I'll tell you. You know, there's about two or three things that presenters do that are so obvious to me. The first is using rhetorical questions. Uh, where are the three keys to a, a fitness program? Well, there's a thousand answers. And then the person will say, you know, and this is a great answer, diet. No, exercise. Well, diet, yeah. So don't do uh, rhetorical questions is number one. And then asking the uh, audience for permission or are you following this? Uh, and I'm I'm always amazed that people continue to do those two things. You know, this. Are you following what I'm saying here? I'm, you, you got what I'm saying, you're, you're, Travis. You know what I mean by that. You, you're following me. And it's just so. It just basically. If then you're you're inviting the audience to go. Why am I here? <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, yeah. it's funny. Um, I, I'm not going to mention any conferences or you know any names or anything, but. Uh, I had a coach of mine tell me that they went to a conference and then they went into a hands-on room and the presenter said, so um, what do you think we should do? Should we uh, circle up? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the worst. Right, all right. <laughs> or the other one, and the other one, in fact, I had a nice talk with Chris Poirier about this. Uh, when, uh, if you have any questions, ask. No, there are, a thousand people in the room and I'm not going to let the, I'm not going to let one person, you know, this one time I was at a workshop and this woman, honestly, the first, we're not even 12 seconds. What do you think about niacin? Well, I mean, and the presenter answered the question. I'm like, who cares? I mean, no offense to niacin. Niacin is very nice. And, <laughs> but no one cares about niacin, you know, especially at an elite end thing. I mean, you know, eat a piece of Wonder Bread, you'll get niacin, for God's sakes. You don't need to, you know, right. you don't need to worry you about to, You got to control your room is a lesson in that, right? I mean, you yeah. control the questions, the ones that you can answer offline, the ones that are relevant. And, of course, 
you know, if you've made what you do so well, Dan, and I just want to say this while our, our show is being recorded today, is that I feel like the smartest people take the complicated and they simplify it. And you've done a great job of that for our industry. So somebody like yourself never has to ask a group that you're presenting to, are you following? Because you haven't, you can't make it any simpler than what you've done. You've taken things that are complicated and you've simplified them for us. And that's what the job is of every presenter in my mind. Yeah. So, I mean, what... Like that's what you mentioned, the workout generator in the start. And really, I mean, it's push, pull, hinge, squat, load, carry. It's you got to change levels. You got to you got to use a, what there's probably 10 rep and set schemes that actually work. I mean, and it might be much less than that, to be honest with you. Uh, go for a walk, you know, keep your mobility, you know, get a good night's sleep, eat vegetables, eat protein, drink some water, you know, uh, it, there you go. And that is the best advice I can give. Well, we're already getting to the topic of today's podcast. So uh, let's talk about that for let's just a, a little bit uh, more in depth or just to recap a little bit. Um, today, we're going to be talking about resiliency. We're going to be okay. talking about resiliency as it applies to your fitness routine, because I'm not getting any younger overcomer nation. I don't know about you, but I'm not getting any younger. And I find that I have different aches and pains and uh, maybe lesser mobilities than I had before with certain things. And what I'm really training for nowadays is resiliency. I became a grandfather this past year, and you know, it's very important to me to be able to uh, do just as well as somebody that's 20 years younger than me, to be honest, you know, because I, I'm a bit of a father in that grandchild's life. And so if I am in a group uh, where all the dads are 20 years younger, I want to be doing what they're doing. And I know I need to train for resiliency. I don't want to get hurt. So one, we'll talk about resiliency as it applies to your programming, as it should apply to your programming. And two, we're going to talk about resiliency in life. Dan John has been through one hell of a year. He's had to go through his own hell and adversities. And uh, I definitely want him to share as much as he's willing to share because nobody goes through anything significant without it being a benefit to other people. Uh, there's a reason behind our adversities. Uh, so, um, Dan, I guess we'll start where you just were about your programming, um, where you were talking about the push-pull, uh, loaded carry, squat, hinge. Um, you know, there's there's some resiliency uh, factors that need to be included in every program designed for somebody to be fit for life, right? Um, well, just stop right there, Travis. You know, fit, it comes from the old Nordic word to knit. And the best way really to think about fit is a, jug, a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, the piece fits. It knits in with all the other pieces. And the reason I like that word so much is that when I think of something knitted, I think of a kind of a meshed pattern. So in my workshop, I always have that picture of the car that hit the chain link fence. Okay. And uh, I actually did come up. I, I don't have a picture of it. I thought that I... Kind of wish I would have taken a picture, but that would have been really rude. I do take pictures of fires on the side of the highway, but mm -hmm. uh, this car went off the freeway here in Utah, probably what, 60, 70 miles an hour, and hit a chain link fence, and the chain link fence caught it. Well, why did the chain link fence survive where a brick fence would have done, would have fallen apart? A wooden fence would have blown either back or through, but chain link. Well, why does chain link survive? Well, it's because it's flexible and strong. Mm -hmm. And 
for me, resilience begins right there. Now, there's going to be a level of emotional flexibility. There's going to be a level of uh, physical flexibility. There's going to be a level of like personal, interpersonal dynamic flexibility. But to be resilient, first and foremost, you got to be strong and flexible. And so for me, stretching is, and, and it's weird because stretching, yeah, before we start, uh, gentle listener, we were talking about playing chess. And, you know, there's my, there's my chess set right there. Uh, and the, the thing I like about playing games with people is that sometimes your brain gets really stre uh, stretched. I'm in the middle of this massive ch uh, checkers uh, uh, game. Uh, the goal is the, to get to 200 wins, okay? It's no big deal. And I'm way ahead right now. It's like 166 to 41. But one of the things I like about checkers, chess, uh, this game here, sometimes it's called Connect Four. Mm -hmm. uh, I like these games because they stretch your mind a little bit. You know, if you take my queen in the first six moves, there's a good chance you're going to lose because you spent all your energies trying to get my queen and you missed the, the point of the game. That stretches you. Great books stretch you. Great movies stretch you. And on the other side of that, you know, you need to be strong. So when I put together a training program, I always mix strength movements with mobility movements because I want you, I want you to have, I mean, I'd love it if every listener here could clean and press their body weight. I think that would be great. I mean, it's hard. But if you can clean and press your body weight and, you know, keep your joints lubricated by, okay, when we clean and press in my gym, we counter it with a hang where you just hang from the bar like this. So press, vertical press, hang, okay? Nothing fancy, not, nothing fancy at all. Uh, if you're doing a, a big hinge movement, we'll have you sit at the bottom of the goblet squat. Nothing fancy about it. When you squat, we do that. Tim Anderson uh, movement called the rock. Nothing fancy about it. Seems but, antagonistic though. That, well, they kind of, yeah, well, they are from that 1970s vision of circuit training. <laughs> okay. You know, if you, if you push, the next exercise is a pull. If you, you know, if you go in, the next exercise is out. And by the way, I mean, that's stood the test of time. It's, it's, it's a great idea. Okay. So, when I'm working on in the gym and when I'm working on things, I'm trying to, yes, I am trying to increase your lean body mass. Yes, I'm trying to get you to lose some fat. Great. I'm also trying to have you do full range of motion. But full range of motion, the way the world happens, so that I have a little bit more, if I need to be extended, I've got that wiggle room to be extended. Um, that's, you know, I mean, so... I guess we train resilience. Now, the next thing we train uh, for resilience is then we put together combination moves. In our world, we call them, we would call them level changes. So from going from half kneeling to the floor, that's a shoulder roll. Uh, I, I showed you guys the workout where, where I did uh, goblet squat, followed by prowler, followed by push-up, mm -hmm. goblet squat, prowler, push-up, goblet squat, prowler, push-up, uh, eight goblet squats, eight push-ups, uh, 20 meter ish uh, prowler push 
And I did 20 rounds of that for 160 push-ups, 160 goblet squats, and a quarter mile of pushing. Well, that kind of workout, and by the way, that sounds really hard, but if you dose it, it's it's not so bad. And it did take a while, frankly. It took a while, but it was the peak of a hard little thing we were trying to do. But every time I did a goblet squat, you know, I was working on my mobility, my flexibility, and strength. Every time I pushed that prowler, I was chasing uh, work capacity, but I was also chasing, I was making my hamstrings and my uh, uh, calves and my ankles and knees and hips through, I was putting a lot of stress and strain on them, both the, in flexibility terms and in, you know, strength terms. And the push-up is, you know, uh, the most dangerous thing in this house for me is the floor at my age. So every time I get, I do a push-up, it teaches me to, hey, maybe I'll break both wrists, but I won't hurt myself terribly, you know? So for me, step oh. one <clears throat> is putting together a program so that your physical being is expanded and contracted like that chain link fence, you know? I want to open you up. I want to tighten you up. You know, um, if I just if I just throw metal plating on that chain, chain link fence, you know, it might be stronger but i guarantee there is something on the planet earth that can smash into that and destroy those those planks but i got to tell you one thing you know you can shoot a lot of arrows at a chain link fence and do no damage at all mm -hmm. you know yeah uh, yeah you can shoot a lot of bullets at a chain link fence and never leave a hole um and so that's that's the image i use so the analogy there strong yet flexible and as we talk about flexibility, I know that some people are like, oh, man, I got to start doing yoga or whatever. As soon as you probably said that, there were minds that were, that's where they immediately go. Uh, however, you were just talking about how even the goblet, the goblet squat adds to your flexibility. So is there, I know that you are a professional and you are going to look at people and you're going to determine what each person needs. However, is there a standard uh for the general population flexibility program that you you would say you know you got to have this in your training yeah uh i use tim anderson's original strength uh if you're a member of dan john university we have his 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 sim god bless tim he gave me his pressing reset program which i think is his most basic i mean if you can't figure it out uh if you're reading my book attempts i also have it in the back of the easy strength omni book i have uh I have a program called the post-deployment program, which I use with guys when when I work with people who just gotten home from special forces deployment. It's a three-month program where you mix basic barbell lifts, loaded carries, and original strength movements. And none of it is hard, but it's in the combos. So, you know, you're doing military press with a waiter's walk with a stretch. You're doing, you know, this pull with a rack carry, with a, a complimentary movement. And that's the way I see things. And so I'm trying, those guys like to be trained hard. So that's why the loaded carries in there, but what they need is the mobility work. So you dose that in without them knowing it. So that's how I do it. Uh, I've done all kinds of yoga. The, I have great respect for yoga, but you know, what we call yoga is about only about a hundred years ago. And it really is kind of an American, uh, British and American uh, 
asterisk to traditional yoga practices. Yoga means much more than just doing stretches. It's it's a, a it's a religious practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but and a lot of the stretches probably aren't very good for most North Americans. But some of them, there's a, a stretch called the rag doll stretch. You just you know you put your legs a little bit, you put your legs a little bit wide. You uh, generally the best way to do is is to hold your own elbows. Uh, if people can't watch the video, I'm. My right hand has my left elbow. My left hand has my right elbow. And you just let the weight of your head and elbows take you forward. And you just sit in that ragdoll stretch. For most of the athletes I work with, there comes a moment where they go, oh, because something opens up in their, their neck, their, 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 you know, the T-spine, the higher spine area, the mid-spine, the lower back. They'll feel that boom sound so sometimes it doesn't have to be anything formal or fancy there's another yoga stretch i think has great value especially for the throwers i work the big engines i work with you lay on your back with your uh your feet together it's called the butterfly and you just let your knees drop to the sides and you just try to quiet yourself out and let your knees slowly come to the ground you know obviously it's a big groin stretch but for the athletes i work with throwers football players that's the stretch that makes them go, ah. Yeah. But if I did a kind of any kind of the lotus positions, any kind of the those big torquing lower back or knee exercises, I would probably hurt more athletes than a help hurt long term hurt. You know, um, not jet. You know, like I guess you could. I guess you could hurt somebody doing a foot. Uh, I was in a, a yoga class one time, and the instructors pushed my shoulders in a position called the lion pose and I got an umbilical horn hernia out of it. So mm-hmm. that probably wasn't good coaching right there. And- right. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned injuries because I'm, I'm sure resiliency factor is, is recovery or proper recovery. And one thing that I've witnessed is even when I tell people to take recovery days, they'll send me pictures like, yeah, I know you said recovery, but I just couldn't help it. I, I went out and I ran the stadium steps today or whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, and then next thing you know, I have some, that same person showing up and telling me, boy, my knee's really bothering me, right? So what, when it comes to recovery or, uh, you know, how, what do you recommend for the people that you train? Now there's, there's two sides to it. One, let's, let's go the toolkit side. And on the other side, let's break into three parts. We'll go toolkit. We'll go programming, and then we'll go the the big the big engines. Okay, so toolkit. I have a sauna, literally right. That's my sauna, right? That wall right there has my sauna. Uh, outside in the in in my backyard, I have a kiddie pool that I use, especially this time of year. You know, here in Utah, I live in a high desert, so you know it it's cooled off to the nineties. Uh, so so for our international listeners. It's cooled off to the 30s, uh, which is quite high, 32. Um, so I always keep a, a little kid's uh, kiddie pool uh, going in my backyard. And then my hose has that little handle that has the shower attachment, you know. Right. So so sometimes in the summer, I was just uh, planting Russian sage in my backyard before this. And I, so I cooled off in the pool so I could come in here and be and look like I wasn't a lunatic. So you got to be a little careful on some of the, so 
I'm a big believer in dry sauna as a recovery tool. I like the temperature to be in that 150 range. Uh, I like you to go longer, you know, either listen to a podcast in there or uh, I, I listen to uh, relax, relaxing music. Uh, literally, it, it's called relaxing music. Uh, and uh, it's 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 from brain.fm. Uh, I mean, I do like sometimes when I'm in there, I'll take like, uh, you know, this, I've got this one formula and I'll like I'll rub my feet and stretch my toes out and try to give my my ankles and feet a real good kind of a deep tissue massage and I'll do it with my uh, wrist and my hands because I consider those the four areas I miss the most in my rehab mm -hmm. those are the four places I miss the most in my personal rehab training uh ice baths the downside of ice of course uh it's great you get the same heat reactive protein response for both sauna and ice. The difference is the studies they've done with ice baths is if you have a free buffet situation after an ice bath, people tend to eat 40% more calories. Mm. So as good as ice baths are, you'll notice when people do TV shows on people do a lot of ice baths, they never look very ripped. And it's because it's real hard. Your body's trying to recover from whatever you do. When you look at, you know, when there's that New Jersey ice bath, January 1st plunge, you'll, and this is very rude. And I apologize, of course, but you won't see a lot of Mr. Universes jumping in the water. You know, you'll see people who are a little bit heavier on the adipose scale. So uh, I also am a big fan. Um, I, I love machine, uh, those, those guns, those massages. Yeah, I th I think those are amazing. I also got this. I, I have this is another tool. Now you can hate it or love it, but it's a a massaging egg. Mm -hmm. So you know, so if you did play football and break your neck, a lot, I mean, hurt your neck a lot, and have concussion issues, I, I think this has real value. Uh, I don't sell these. I I, <clears throat> I would recommend uh, when it comes to the toolkit. The best thing you can do is grab some, uh, the, the lotion I use is called Diabetic Care or something like that. It's a much thicker um, skin conditioner. I, uh, it's it's at those specialty stores that start with W-A-L, you know, uh, and <laughs> um, it's, but it's a very, it's much heavier lotion. And I use that, I put that on my hands and feet. And I, I gotta tell you, Massaging hands doesn't sound like much, but if you look at homoculus, man, you'll realize that your eyes, your hands, and your feet have massive amount of nerves going to them, and they probably need a little bit more love than a lot of other spots. I mean, obviously, everyone wants, a, everyone wants their lower back rubbed out, their traps rubbed out, their hamstrings, but those are the two areas I... So that's, that's, there's, there's your first level. Okay. Number two is programming. I think you need to program. There's two things I need to think you need to program. First is off days. O-F-F. That means you're not going to train that day. That's the day you, I mean, if it's Sunday, you know, if you, if you have a religious tradition, you know, do that, go to brunch after, spend some time with your kids, your grandkids, make a big dinner, invite, you know, invite people over overserve everybody you know play some games afterwards you know off off uh off off and how many days a week you take off is going to kind of depend on what you're doing um 
I'm not a huge believer in more than one off off day a week, and only because um, for most people they want to do something. Now, in total candidness, most people don't, but they want a program that's six days a week, but they won't do it. Uh, most people don't train one day a week, but they still want me to give them a program. And the program is usually, why don't you do something? That's what I'd like to say. <laughs> only one in 20 Americans exercise. Only one in 20 Americans get enough fiber daily. Only one in 20 Americans retire with enough money that they don't need Social Security, which is why I think whenever they say they want to tap, you know, cut Social Security, I don't think that's the reality of 19 out of 20 Americans. Mm -hmm. 19 out of 20 Americans need Social Security. You could disagree with me, but it's hard to disagree with numbers, you know. One out of 20 people probably read books, yeah. from my experience. Um, the, I, I'm a big believer, as you know, in the Earl Nightingale lead the field method. And uh, the idea is to get in the top 5% of everything I do in life. So everything I do in life, I, I strive to be a 5%er. I floss twice a day because, well, that's probably one person in that does that. Uh, I go to the dentist three times a year. I went to my medical doctor last week. Uh, speaking of, I got to get my blood test back. Um, I read great books. I, you know, I do all these things that only one in 20 people do. And I, and I hate to say it, but it's pretty easy being the top 5% in any field. Mm. It's pretty easy. Show up's number one, uh, you know, and number two is just about do anything, you know, but, um, I mean, if you want to be, you know, it's it's funny how low the numbers are it takes to be in the top 5% of anything. It's just not that high. So my point is if you're exercising at all, we generally don't even need to worry about recovery days because most people already take them, you yeah. know, skipped workouts and stuff like that. Now, let's talk about people. So I think one off day a week. Now, the other day is what we call Thursday tonic, T-O-N-I-C. Uh, it, it would be more from the concept of gin and tonic. Uh, the word tonic comes from the root, the same root as tune, as you tune a violin. So a tonic day is a tuning day. So one day a week, and we do Thursdays. And the reason we do Thursdays is in most of our traditions of the people we train, competition was on Saturday. So it doesn't really matter what you do the day before a contest. Two days before is what's important. So we just circle Thursday as our tonic day. And that's the day we spend about an hour doing uh, Tim Anderson's original strength moves, the nods, the rocks, the rolls. The, uh, we mix it with stretches. We, uh, we mix it with uh, some serious hand and feet stretching. Um, you know, it wouldn't be, it's not something you'd recognize. Like, we don't really stretch our hamstrings that day. Like, you wouldn't see us doing, like, hurdle or stretch or anything like that. We really don't. We spend a lot of time with uh, m moving the moving the joints, pumping the joints, mm -hmm. a lot of that, a lot of mobility work, just pumping the joints, a lot of back and forth, you know, stretching forward and pumping, you know. Don't, you know, just for those of you who are just listening, I'm just, I'm just moving my joints. I'm just pumping them. I just, 
you know, feel good. It's don't, you know, you don't try to do it on one rep. You just, you know, you feel good. You, you know, if you're going to stretch, you just stretch and you stretch. And, um, and we do do some hand and foot flexibility movements because most of us wear shoes all the time. And many of us, especially those of us who live on the computer, we kind of need a little bit of hand, wrist and finger stretching. But it's a uh, an hour of it once a week. Oddest thing about this, Travis, that's the day everyone leaves the gym the hungriest. Really? Interesting. If we're doing the Olympic lifts and I say, you guys want to go to breakfast? It's like, yeah, okay. Or no, no. Nah. But if we're doing the hour of mobility and stretching, anyone hungry? Dude, I'm starving. I mean, let's, I mean, I just, I'm hungry. Which will tell you about how, how the human body works. So what happens is sometimes when you're, it's funny to say this, recovery can be as impactful on the other systems as, you know, wind sprints where you vomit at the end of them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, finding those little tight areas in your body and trying to glide out a stretch, trying to open up a joint, it seems to be as impactful on those other systems as, you know, sprints. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the have third area of recovery would be, of course, uh, sleep and meditation. Um, one of the things that I'm not, I don't sell this product, um, and I know a lot of your people can't hear, they can't see it, but this is, uh, let's see how well that comes. This is something I've been really kind of uh, using a lot of recently. This is a CO2 monitor. And I've put one in my bedroom and one in my office. And it's interesting when I came down to my office. So this, you know, close the doors. It's summer. I was in here working by myself and I looked over and I'd gone from the green CO2 levels to the, uh, well, whatever color that is, I guess the yellow levels. The other night um, in bed, uh, the CO2 levels got into the uh, orange area, the, the dangerous area, because there was a mammal asleep in my bedroom with all the doors and windows closed. And the mammal, uh, this big engine mammal was eating up all the carbon dioxide in there. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a couple things now I'm trying to get. You'd be that mammal. <laughs> You'd be that mammal. <laughs> well, I mean, but it was interesting is I, I dosed out all the oxygen in the room. Yeah. So right. uh, that was a good experience. I got this from Brad Pillen, and he's the guy that gave wrote the book Eat, Stop, Eat, which is I think is a marvelous piece. Um, so since then, I've added some plants in my bedroom. Um, it, there, Yes, this we've. Here in Utah, this month is terrible for dogs and for humans. Anyone's ever seen action. Uh, July 4th, the neighbors just won't stop lighting firecrackers. And now they allow aerial again, which is just idiocy in a desert. But we also have this thing called Pioneer Day. It used to be called Mormon Day here in the state. And so uh, that was yesterday. And so we had the fireworks and all the smoke in the air again. And I can show you on my CO2 monitor how devastating it is for our health to have all those fireworks go off. Sure. So everybody knows you should sleep in a cool, dark room, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody should know you shouldn't, 
you probably shouldn't eat a meal right before you go to bed. Alcohol's sadly, alcohol's probably not a good idea before you go to bed. We most people know that. Uh, electronics in your face probably not a good idea before you go to bed. But I'll fight my fight on dark room, appropriately cool, with either plants in there or something to keep the air fresh somehow. I also like a, I have a fan. I have this nice quiet fan in the ceiling. But uh, recovery, uh, if you're not getting your sleep, you really, you really can't have a conversation about intense training if you're not getting your sleep. The other thing I would add to that is meditation of some kind. Uh, I use two meditation devices. Both are on my phone. One is called the one moment meditation. Uh, I will do that on every plane flight. I'll do that when I have. It's one minute and... It's, and by the way, you could probably just use your timer, but I like the little app because it's just kind of a fun little app. But you could just, you know, just set a minute timer and it goes off when you press the button, it goes beep. And then I try to count the number of breaths I take in that minute. If I'm at four, five, six, seven, I'm in a good place. Interesting, if I'm lower, I'm not. And if I'm higher, if I'm at 12, I'm a little concerned too. I think I told you the other day I was at the, uh, I was getting my annual physical and I laid on my back and, you know, my heart rate was 59. Well, the you know, the heart's a big muscle and I want to be at 59, not 99. Right. So one of the ways, so, uh, you know, before I go into a doctor's office, sometimes when I have a minute to myself, literally a minute to myself, I'll do it. And I'll do it one moment. The other one I use is, brain.fm it's a it's a program uh i get by the way i get nothing for any of these things okay so just and uh there's one uh there's a meditation in there called rain reflection and i gotta tell you i i go so deep i i can't believe how deep i go i also take a meditation course on mondays um uh, at the senior center and it's it's been really good for me uh her name is barbara and uh you know she is she is something special she said the other day intention is the golden word mm -hmm. stop me in my tracks intention is the golden word uh so uh you know what and so i take this class on mondays and we practice meditation um i have issues with concussions from my athletic career I have some other issues. Well, then we can talk about that next with the stress levels I've been under for the last year or so, uh, uh, four years or so. So um, meditation is, has allowed me to turn my engines off. So I, I hope, gentle listener, I didn't go too far. So no, there, that's really good. I have just two quick questions on what you said, you know, as we covered recovery. Um, you mentioned... Thursday is a tonic day because of the Saturday events. Now, in our community, uh, we have a lot of people that are feeling their athleticism with what Spartan has created with this DECA 10 exercise challenge, seeing how they measure up in their age group and uh, yeah. gender. Uh, if they did a tonic day on Thursday and their DECA event was on Saturday, what would happen on Friday, according to your recommendations? Oh, uh, well, it depends on who they are. You'll have to test it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I would... I mean, on Thursday, I would still recommend you warm up as you normally do physically. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, 
I don't need to. I don't. I don't need very much. I hell one of the best throws of my life. I was sitting in the bus and I heard last call men's discus. My coach had had the wrong time. I ran down a very kind family, uh, hid me while I put on my uniform. My first throw in competition was my first throw. My second throw was my lifetime best. So, yeah, I'm not a big, you know, if your kids are sick, you don't warm up. Right. If right. someone's breaking in the house, you don't go, hold on, I've got to stretch my hammies. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not a huge, but so Friday, you're going to have to, you have to play around with that a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't go over 80% intensity. So like if there's a, I don't know, there's a, a test with, give me a test and we'll, uh, we'll tell you what you should do. Go. Uh, the first station is the weighted ram. They do 30 lunges with a weight on their shoulders. Okay. Well, I would shoot myself if I had to do a lunge, but <laughs> so you might do uh, with, with no load at all. You might do on Friday, uh, no load practice your lunge you know say say a set of 10 or 15 practicing the movement reminding yourself you know after that 15 shake it off say okay i feel good and you would say as the coach you can do more right oh yeah of course yeah tomorrow's you know and so what you're doing is you're emotionally setting the stage okay. uh, it is that you know when you're doing a broadway play you go to Indianapolis to, you know, to get the bugs out. So this is Indianapolis, uh, you know, the Broadway show, you know, pr it's, you're practicing, you're, you're, you're looking for the bugs for the next day. You know, if, and if Edna's knees are barking from that warm up, uh, from that easy set, well, you know, address it now. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. good. And your favorite benefit from uh, the sauna, like what you, I mean, of course there's reported benefits, but what do you think you experienced the most as far as the recovery for your body? Uh, well, there's a thing called Allen's Law, which everyone knows. So where I live, a little bit south from here where it's hotter, rabbits have really long ears and really long legs. Arctic bunnies have really short uh, ears and really, you know, kind of chubby and round. So one of the benefits of sauna is it might be a good thing to do for body fat loss. So that's kind of nice. Uh, the second thing is you can't really do much in a sauna. So you go, ah, and of course, scientifically, it's those heat reactive proteins. So, you know, yeah. um, you know, it's your micro dosing happiness, you know, here you go. Yeah. Really good. Well, uh, the next question I have for you is uh, more of a personal one. You faced a lot of adversity in this past year, and I'm just curious uh, what you would share with us about that and maybe, you know, top lesson learned or or top tip, you know, for somebody yeah. else facing adversity, you know, how you're how you're getting through, uh, you know, how you're using your strength, your resilience to get through. Yeah, it's a tough one, Travis. I mean, it's it's tough. I don't, even right now, I can feel myself welling up with stress just thinking about the question you know uh started four years ago uh, my brother died tragically uh there's a national geographic film uh it's uh directed by ron howard and it's called uh, rebuilding paradise in the last third of the movie is my bro brother phil's funeral and uh it'll break your heart and you'll see me in it uh, you'll see my daughter in it. You'll see my nephews and my nieces and 
Everybody else didn't. And when I got back, uh, my daughter told me some bad news about what was going on in my in my life while I was away. And it and it started this very difficult four-year period where uh, Tiffany, who we, we were married 35 years, uh, made a, I, it wasn't slow, a very rapid descent uh, into uh, alcohol-related issues and two other kinds of addictions we don't need to talk about right now. Um, I couldn't, I was really struggling to deal with it. It, there was all kinds of issues, all kinds of issues, folks. Um, you know, if if you really, really hate someone, you would wish addiction on a on a, on them or a friend of theirs. Actually, I think a friend of theirs would be worse. Dealing with somebody else's addictions is just brutal. So. You know, so I had to make a lot of tough, big, big kid decisions. And then uh, last August, a year ago, actually, uh, my good, good friend, John Powell, the discus thrower, died. Um, and it's interesting because the other day I was talking to somebody about it and he said, I've had a tough year. And and he goes, and he said, yeah, John Powell died. And I, I just kind of laughed. It was like, I love John. It was good. I liked John a lot. I loved it. But that death was just a hiccup among so in December, Tiffany died. Uh, my uh, Tiffany died, yeah. which was rough. And then two weeks later, her mom died. And then I lost my godfather. And then I've had two cousins die in the last few weeks. Uh, and so, you know, trying to help my daughters and my grandkids, you know, navigate death is always tough, especially when, you know, it's one thing, you know, like I, one of my mom's friends died about two months ago. You know, she was 101. And there's something about someone 101 dying that doesn't necessarily make you go, I mean, to say it's sad. Okay. I mean, it's someone you know is no longer with us, but Tiff was what, 53, 54, something like that. Yeah. Uh, 54, I think. And, I don't know why it's not coming back to me. Uh, her her mom wasn't, she was in her early 70s too. Um, but trying to navigate through all that, all then all the family insanity that just gets welled up by a young death. Um, someone on YouTube wrote this really negative thing about we demand the full story of why Tiffany died. You know, it was just so brutal. In fact, I had a couple of friends ping me uh internet friends say you know and, and they were just apologetic because they couldn't do anything to delete it and i had to read shit like that you know which was kind of hard to deal with yeah. people can be so brutal online yeah you know, just they're, they're, and the thing is I, you know when you meet these people who are the most brutal i remember this one guy when i was first online he was the expert in all things i met him and he was just fat bastard from the uh, Mike Myers, Austin Powers movie. He was just a pig. Mm -hmm. And yet he, you know, he had the, he had the final answer and everything, you know, and I, I don't know. So, but yeah. people just say horrible things. Um, how did I deal with it? I deal with it. Well, I, I deal with it the way I deal with a couple of things. First off, I really try to make sure that, uh, 
my my physical health was online. I did my best to sleep. I did my best to eat vegetables at every meal. All the stuff I'm telling you guys, because you just you just have to stay ahead of it. Uh, yeah, I drank probably a lot too much alcohol. I mean, there were some times, um, you know, I, I kind of Frank Sinatra um, some of the nights. But at the same time, I had to be up and at them to help my daughters the next day. So that was never a good idea. Um, I did drink with you guys uh, in Chicago, but that's probably the first time I've had alcohol in a long time. Um, and this is judgment free. Please, Travis. Oh, I hope, yeah. Yeah. No, you know, yeah absolutely. No I'm a, I believe in moderation. I don't believe in absolutes, you know, like there's times to get together and say, hey, that was a good conference let's be social you know and then there's times to just you know basically run your life the way that you do on an yeah. optimal level you know then the, the next big value i have in my life is order so i just did a big inventory of my house uh in fact just before you even uh, just before we got on uh i got you know my my i got my insurance notification for payment you know and i just uh so my car wasn't good enough, you know, it was, it was, it was a great little car, but so I bought a new, I bought a new car. Mm -hmm. I put on a new roof on the house, uh, down to the, I mean, down to the studs, a total rebuild, uh, a new fence around my house, new doors. Every single door in my house now is brand new. Every interior door, every exterior door is brand new. Did you feel like in a way, uh, just, kind of question you know because we're as we talk about this thing uh, it's sometimes the way that we have to uh rebuild on the inside manifests itself on the outside um and yes. I'm wondering that's exactly if, what i'm saying yeah it's funny how uh <laughs> you know, no, here, here's the thing you know i go in my backyard and there's 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 some there's some rickety posts and i, I was replacing them year in year out and then i'm like I'm in no place to deal with rickety posts. Let's go all new. Three or four days of hassle, all new. Uh, I have a beautiful vinyl fence. It's gorgeous. It, the doors, you know, they're not very good. They weren't good doors. They were put in badly before I got the house, you know. And so basically, I think, I think, and I think you understand it is, you know, I had to deal with, I didn't want a car that I had a little leak, oil leak, and had a little, uh, antifreeze leak got rid of the car because i didn't want to deal with leaks mm -hmm. i had my fences had some issues rebuilt my roof needed my roof uh, we had it redone and we had a leak up at the chimney redid it you know down to i mean down to the two by fours everything new because if you're going through if you're going through something like this you can't keep getting your head tugged by things that just aren't that big a deal yeah it's really good you know one of my favorite stories and um uh, i forget where i read it. it was probably some motivational book that i got for people's cool down or whatever but uh it was a story about a, a kid bothering his dad uh you know dad came home from work he's tired kid wants to play you know age-old story and uh the father rips up the uh newspaper Earl nightingales leave the field yeah right and it had the globe on one side and he challenged the kid to put the globe together like a puzzle and when he got the globe together then you know they could play so he just wanted a few minutes to just kind of download from his day 
And so then the kid comes back really fast. And the father asks, how, how did you do that so fast? And he said, well, that, that was pretty easy, dad, because I, what I found was that on the opposite side was that when I put the person back together, the world came back together. For you, you looked around and you said, okay, what parts of my world can I start to put back together? But I, I feel like what you're saying too is as I was putting each thing back together, I was coming back together myself, you know, because I, I needed this. I couldn't have these tugs. I couldn't have these distractions. But as I put them back together, I'm healing in the process, you know. Let me summarize everything I learned. And, and it's pretty simple. I mean, I mean, I have my inner circle. I, I see a therapist. Uh, here's the number one lesson I learned. And it's huge. Travis, I can't help you. But I can listen to you. Mm. It's good. That's it. Nobody can help me. No one can help my daughters. I can't help Lindsay and Kelly. I can't help them. But I call them every single day and we talk. Today, Lindsay talked about how she might be set financially for the rest of her life. Boy, I gave my kids some good education. I got to tell you, she, uh, you know, last night I played trivia and we won last night with uh, our team and Kelly's only team. We talked for a long time. We don't always talk about things. Last Monday was, of course, Tiffany's birthday. And, you know, I knew that was a, a minefield day. I knew that. I knew that there'd be something on Facebook. And it was. There was. And I knew that, you know, that my calendar reminders would remind, you know, and they did. But, you know, our daughter, my daughters and I, we just kind of, we all nodded. We didn't talk about it because we knew it was too raw. And since then, we've talked about it. And, uh, but I can't, no matter what you're going through, Travis, I can't help you, but I can listen to you and I can be there with you. And, you know, I, I love that one line from Luke 24. It's the, the Emmaus journey. And, and I'm not trying to be all holier than anybody or anything, but you walk with somebody for seven miles. And I, and I, and I think the best advice I can give for somebody who's struggling if, if you're trying to help somebody struggling, you just walk with them. And here's the thing I've learned in my life. And if they're, if they have addictions, you can only do what you can do. The addiction has superpowers. Yeah. And so you just walk with them and hope for the best, you know, and really good, you know, and overcomer nation, you know, I, I just got to say this, uh, just me coming at you from the heart. If any mention of the Bible ever, you know, triggers something in you where you want to go the opposite way, you know, the Bible's 66 books with a lot of wisdom in it. And, um, you know, you, you sometimes have to ask yourself what's being triggered. Maybe you had a negative experience with someone in your life that, you know, forced you something, but don't miss out on the wisdom. Uh, as you're going there, Dan, I'm thinking about Job and all the adversity that he faced. And when his friends showed up, they just sat beside him. They didn't speak until he spoke, right? And I was like, wow, that was a lesson in friendship right there. Okay, that, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, this guy's going through hell right now. I just show up and I sit and I wait, you know, right? So, let me theologian you real quick. The most interesting thing about that book is the word for dung and the word for creation in Hebrew sound almost the exact same. Hmm. So the author was making a very interesting point. It's a 
you're sitting on a dung, a heap, a heap of dung, or are you sitting on a heap of creation? Just kind of depends on how you how you say it. Mm. And that to me was always I would try to tell my students that, you know. And I said to me, the great thing is, you know, no matter what happens in life, you know, if you lose, if your business folds overnight because the FDA banned the product you're using or something, ain't over. Or if you come home one day and your house is empty because the person of your life, you know, you know, went X, Y, and Z, it ain't over. And it ain't over until it's over, over. And uh, that's, there's some truth in there, you know? Yeah, that's really, really good. Really good for the Overcomers podcast. It's all about rising from the ashes. We got a phoenix in the background here, which by the well, way. And the truth is, let's just keep going with it. It, it was, you know, is it a is it a pile of ashes or a pile of creation? I mean, it just it's your attitude. It's what's between your ears. Um, you know, I the weirdest thing about I've I've coached a long time since 1979, and I've said this many times that people hate it. Uh, the kids who lost state championships long term did better than the kids who won. Yeah, right, because you know. We all have ashes <laughs> and we got to get off our ashes. All right. You know, because, but I'll tell you what, right. The loss can become the win because the loss can yeah. be the great teacher. What is your adversity? Is your adversity now your advantage? Has your past built muscles instead of scars? Really, that's up to you what you're going to do with any given situation. Right. Yeah. And I, and you, you know, you just, you know, it's it's interesting. Years and years ago, Tiff and I, we'd watched Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. And uh, she said, is this too much? No. No. And we were watching it, and uh, we, we'd seen it before. And there's a scene where Tom Hanks is talking to no one. It, it, it's his wife, but she's obviously not there. And Tiff said that she said she, you know, I'm 11 years older than Tiff. And she, she was, uh, her family lives a long time and my family doesn't. And she said something along the lines of, you know, what would you do if I died? And I said, you know, I kind of think I would do what Tom Hanks did, you know, I'd get up in the morning and I'd make coffee and you know, I would do what I have to do because of, you know, I need to be there for Kelly and Lindsay. And I need to be there for my friend Travis. I need to be there for my my group who trains with me. And I need to be there for my dog. And, uh, you know, as long, you know, no matter what you're going through, trust me, someone's going through something worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some, somebody's going through a worse day than you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And you fix the things that you can fix. And you sometimes find that as you're fixing those things, you're fixing yourself. It's a, it's a really great, it's a really great lesson that you shared. Uh, very when I put together the man, I put together the, the globe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and sometimes, especially the way that, you know, the new doors on the house and the fence and the things like that, you know, sometimes you're putting together the house and you're putting together the man at the same time, you know, right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan, thank you so much. How can people oh, yeah. get 
How can people get more of you? Uh, you know, obviously, I think that they got to go to Dan John University, right? And that's where we're going to go. Um, yeah, danjohnuniversity.com. Uh, if they want, uh, just type uh, one word, perform better, and they'll get a discount, okay? Okay. They'll get a nice little discount. Uh, and then if you just want the book, Easy Strength Omni book, um, just go to... Uh, danjohnuniversity.com slash bookstore and it's right there for you okay okay i, I gotta quit uh making that guy whose business is a river in south america uh, he gets a lot of money for my books and i don't so i can't i can't go on i just can't anymore i just can't afford to let those guys take all the cash i just can't well, no, I think you should get it yourself. I think that's a great idea. Well, it'd be nice to get more than 30 cents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, thank you again for sharing. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're awesome. I appreciate you. You're you're one of my favorite human beings, and I and I mean that. You're just awesome all the way around. So thank you for your time today. I bet. And we'll talk again soon, I hope. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!